Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. Today our scripture is taken from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, which says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I also saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and the train filled the temple. Isaiah the great prophet had a vision of the Lord. I believe it was renewed vision as he had already been in doing prophecy the first five chapters of Isaiah. And all of a sudden, he saw the Lord high and lifted up and it make a great impact upon his life. If you go and read the rest of the verses, you will find that the angels were hollering, holy, holy, holy. And the reaction that Isaiah had to this was he said, woe to me, he saw his own sinfulness. And when he confessed his sin, he got right with God. And then God asked him, whom shall we send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah said, send me. And I think this is something that all of us need to think about. We need to be in the Word of God and praying and have fresh revelations and see the Lord high and lifted up. He is the King of kings and He is the Lord of lords. And we need to bow the knee and confess our sins and get right with Him and walk with Him and sense His presence and do His will we stay. And if we do that, we fulfill our purpose for our lives here on earth.
This is a radio edition of Global Times. Today I just want to tell you about something that happened this in our mission. Uh, we have a missionary in the, the northeast corner of London, England, and his name is Reverend David Foster. And he's been there about 10 years building a church. There was an abandoned church in, the, in that area. The area is a very rough area, actually. Uh, there are Muslims and Hindus all around the church. When I had the privilege of preaching there, and I've been there about three or four times now, there's something like 10 to 15 different groups of people there from all over the world. And it's just really exciting uh, to see all these faces and these different uh, races of people who are sitting there. And a lot of them uh, come to Christ when I was there. It was really a privilege to preach there. It's an interesting, you go out the front door of the church, and if you make a left-hand turn, the first uh, shop that you see is a sari shop from India, and the second building is a Haleo meat shop. And, of course, that's a Muslim meat producer. It's supposed to be like, like the Jews have the kosher meat. This is the Haleo shop. And while I was walking by this shop for the very first time, I saw the, the meat truck pull up, and here they had these half sides of lambs hanging he took the half side off the rack and he dropped it down on the bed of the truck. Then he drug it out the back of the truck, put it on his shoulder, and took the uh, side of lamb into the Halal meat shop. I'm not sure I'd want to eat that meat, but that's what he did. And But I'm just trying to tell you that around this, this building are all kinds of Hindus and Muslims and all other religions that you can imagine. It seems like this is the area where they all sort of congregate in London. Well, one of the great blessings was 15 imams contacted David and asked him to come and talk to them. Uh, and they didn't have a subject, but just asked that they wanted to have, have him come and, and, uh, and share with them. And so David was a little reluctant to do that because it's 15 against one. So he asked the, another pastor in the area to accompany him, and it turns out that uh, MP in, in that area happened to be a Christian. So the three of them went and met these 15 imams. And it turns out that the reason the imams wanted to talk to David was because their own kids are getting into drugs. The one imam shared with David that his son had taken some heroin, and now he was heroin addicted, and they don't have an answer for this. They don't know what to do about it. And they're, so they're starting to lose their kids in this Western society, and uh, they were asking David if he, he could help them. And, of course, this is a great opportunity uh, for David to, to share the fa his faith, and he did, and he talked about the power of Christ and talked about how the Lord Jesus can, can change anyone if they're willing to, uh, to come to him and confess their sins. And so they started a dialogue now about Christ and Christianity, and it's amazing to me that we have 15 imams in London, England, who are listening to a, a Christian preacher proclaim the gospel and talk about the power of Christ and a person's life to change. There, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. I just wanted to share that with our listening audience because it was such a blessing to me, and it just shows that God is really at work today. It's amazing the Muslims that are coming to Christ. When they look at the TV and see beheadings, and as they look and they see pilots being burned to death, and as they see these horrible things that are being done in the name of Islam, and when these people claim that they are the true Muslims, you know, the average Muslim looks and says, well, I'm not like that and don't want to be like that. And they start even questioning their own faith. And then they start looking around. It's, it's, an, it's a good time in history to show the love of Christ to these people. And these people, when they hear the gospel 
they receive Christ. In the Middle East, we have missionaries who, who talk about uh, people who have dreams. They see a dream of Christ, and the way they, they the, and this dream has a real impact in their life. And they seek out a Christian, and the Christian is able to share the gospel, and they receive Jesus Christ, their personal Savior. God is doing a phenomenal work in, in the world today. And it's just a real privilege to be a part of this great outreach that's going on at the present time. God is working overseas in magnificent and wonderful. He's multiplying his church in a mighty way. We just need to pray and be involved in missions today because I believe this is a great time to see men and women and boys and girls come to a saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. We thank you so much for your prayers and for your financial support. This month, we're offering a wonderful booklet, Where's My Miracle? by Joni Erickson Tata. It's, it's really a, a pamphlet on unanswered prayer, and she talks, out, talks about her own journey with an unanswered prayer, the fact that she was injured and became a quadriplegic and asked for healing and had people praying for healing. She expected healing but she wasn't healed. And then it talks about many of the scriptures that she used and some of the scriptures that she claimed. And then she talks about how God and his sovereignty did not answer them, but gave her other things that uh, blessed her life. And at the end, she was thanking the Lord for even her dilemma. And I think it's a book that can be helpful to a lot of us. It has a, it has a lot of the Word of God and uh, scriptural principles that I think all of us need to, to learn and understand. And at the end, the Lord is working in all our lives. He just does it in different ways for each and every one of us. It's a book that I highly recommend, uh, especially if you have unanswered prayers that you'd like to get the answers for, or if you have friends who have unanswered prayers. It can be a great encouragement to them and a great blessing to them. You can get your copy of this pamphlet entitled, Where's My Miracle, or just Miracle, to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, 72R, 7A7. Or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231.
Today's message is from Reverend Art Larson. Printed copies are available upon request. The sun is one of God's most remarkable creations. It is so common to us that we often take it for granted. Speaking of God, the psalmist wrote, The day is thine, and the night also is thine. Thou hast prepared the light and the sun. Psalm 74:16. And he said, He appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knows his going down. Psalm 104, verse 19. No wonder we read later, Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Psalm 148, verse 3. It is the created praising the Creator. When God made the sun, He made it just right. It is the largest object in the solar system with a diameter of about 109 times that of the Earth. It's about 91,400,000 miles from the Earth at its shortest distance. It takes sunlight about 8 minutes and 20 seconds to reach the Earth, traveling at more than 186,000 miles per second. The temperature of the sun is about 27 million degrees Fahrenheit. Amazingly, the earth intercepts only one two thousand millionth of the sun's total energy. Experts say that if the sun's temperature dropped by just 13%, the earth would become imprisoned in a cocoon of ice a mile thick. And if the heat increased by 30%, every last vestige of life on earth would be fried to extinction. What a wonderful God we have. He has worked it out just right. We have exactly what we need. Any more or any less would create numerous problems. This great source of energy is available to us all, and we certainly enjoy it, especially when the sun is shining. I'm not surprised to find that God even used the sun to describe himself. The psalmist wrote, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Psalm 84 and verse 11. In the Gospel of John in the New Testament, there are some of the most wonderful words you will ever want to hear. Listen from chapter 1. Whether you're a believer or not, this is some of the most exciting news ever written. John portrays who Jesus is and what he came to do in a very unique and concise way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lights every man that comes into the world. He was in the world. The world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, 
the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Who is this word that the Bible is talking about here in John chapter 1? Who is this one who was light and life? Who is John talking about? He's talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus is called the Word of God. Now we communicate through words, and we can ponder hundreds of thoughts, but your thoughts cannot be conveyed unless you use the vehicle of words. Here, Jesus is the Word, the Word of God. We are told in this passage of Scripture that the Word was in the beginning with God, made everything as God, came to dwell among us that we might see and know who God is and what God is like. And the Word Jesus came to communicate God to us. He was literally God coming down to man, veiled in human flesh, born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit. That's why he said, He that has seen me has seen the Father. But the Bible uses another description here. Not only is Jesus the Word, but this Word is light. Jesus is the one who came to shine for God in the darkness of mankind to bring illumination and light to everything. Oh, we are living in such dark days. But Jesus said, I am the light of the world. In John 3, he said, this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Everyone that does evil hates the light, neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. Everyone practicing evil hates the light, does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God and for the glory of God. The Bible connects the concept of believing to the concept of being saved, to the concept of having light, to the concept of having life. How wonderful this is. Have you ever asked someone about something they recently tried that was new and innovative? Perhaps it was something new in the field of technology. You may have asked them if it made a difference, and they responded by saying, like light and day. Well, friend, Jesus Christ will bring the difference of night and day into your daily life. People were made to fulfill God's plan and God's pleasure, but are unplugged from him, the source of light and life. It is through the word that has experienced him. It is through him that true light comes. The world has experienced a universal power failure, and the result of that power failure is a life of darkness, a life of despair. God, knowing this, wanted to do something about it. We can't experience light and life apart from knowing Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. No one comes to the Father but through the Lord Jesus. Now we are unplugged from God, and therefore we walk in darkness, and we walk in despair. Oh, how evident that is today. Think about it. What can darkness mean? Well, it creates fear, fear and imagination. We become so overwhelmed with fears and darkened imaginations because we live in darkness. But we don't have to be in fear. We don't have to be in a place very long before we experience fear and anxiety if we're unplugged from God and in the dark. 
All kinds of things come into our imagination, and darkness also conceals danger. So many evil deeds are done in the dark. Why? Because of the element of surprise. If you try to make your way around your own home in the darkness of night without a light, you can have a terrible accident. Darkness also causes confusion. I remember being in a stadium, and a batter stepped up to bat. The pitcher was ready to throw the baseball, and all of a sudden the stadium lights went out. There was confusion on the field and in the stands. Everybody knew something was wrong, but nobody seemed to know what to do about it. As we look on the world seen today and the lives of people around us, we realize that we are unplugged from God. Therefore, generally speaking, man walks in darkness and he walks in despair. He knows something is wrong, but isn't quite sure what to do about it. Because we may walk in darkness. We fail to see things properly. Therefore, we can make foolish and wrong choices in life. So many people are going down the drain, living in despair, making all kinds of foolish and wrong choices. It's like a lamp sitting on your table. It may look wonderful, but when you flick the switch, nothing happens. Why? Because it isn't plugged in. You can make the lamp look good. You can polish it, dust it, make it look nice. But it's worthless when the darkness comes because it isn't plugged into the source of power. That's the difference that Jesus Christ can make in your life. Without him, you're unplugged to the source of power. You live in darkness. And then you live in despair. And the Bible teaches that God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world, that we may no longer walk in darkness. He sent Jesus, who is life, eternal life. We need no longer live in despair. And that's what the Bible is simply telling us. But so many people say, well, you know, if I would become a Christian, I know I wouldn't have the strength to live it. And that's true. You don't. But if you get plugged into the life of God through faith in Christ, if you get plugged into the source of power, then your life becomes different. Your life becomes as described in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And we learn to walk in the light as he is in the light because we have fellowship one with another. Do you know that the Bible teaches in first in Colossians 1.27 that life as a Christian is this, Christ in you, the hope or the assurance of glory. Does a light go on when you think of that? The Christian life is not trying to live like Christ. It is Christ living in you. And all of a sudden the glow is there and the glory is there. And you can live with the power of God because he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What God starts, he finishes. Why? Because he comes to live his life in you. That's what salvation means. It means coming to Christ, repenting of your sin, inviting him into your life, believing on him as Savior and Lord. And when he comes in, he transforms your life, plugs you into the new source of power, that is he himself. That's why the Bible says in him was life and this life was the light of men. No light, no life. If you don't believe on the name of the Son of God, you're condemned already. You're living in darkness. You're already unplugged. You can go to church. You can try to be good. You can adopt all kinds of philosophies, but you will be without life, without light, living in darkness and despair. How can you be connected to him? It's very simple. 
God has provided the connection to himself through one way, and that is Jesus Christ. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 2.5 There is one way to God. It is through Jesus Christ. It all begins with an act of faith, of commitment, of devoting and dedicating yourself to him, of acting on, on the basis of your belief. And when you do that and receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, something fantastic happens. You become plugged into the life of God, and the new life is yours. That life is everlasting life, eternal life. Augustine once wrote, God called and broke open my deafness. God sent forth his beams and cleansed away my blindness. God breathed his fragrance upon me, and I drew breath. And now I hunger and thirst for him. What he was simply saying is this. Once he lived in darkness and despair, unplugged from God, and the moment he came to Christ and received him as Savior, new life came in, eternal life, spiritual life, the very life of God. You can make that choice today, my friend. And you can receive that light and that life through personal faith in Christ. Oh, that's why Philip Bliss, who wrote many hymns, penned these words some years ago. The whole world was lost in the darkness of sin. The light of the world is Jesus. Like sunshine at noonday, his glory shone in. The light of the world is Jesus. No darkness have we who in Jesus abide. The light of the world is Jesus. We walk in the light when we follow our guide. The light of the world is Jesus. No need of the sunlight in heaven, we're told. The light of that world is Jesus. The Lamb is the light in the city of gold. The light of that world is Jesus. Come to the light, tis shining for thee. Sweetly the light has dawned upon me. Once I was blind, but now I can see. The light of the world is Jesus. Yes, come to the light and find in him forgiveness and new life and meaning, and you'll be plugged in to eternity with God. I trust the message you just heard will be a great blessing to you, and I pray that you can apply some of the principles that were taught today in your own life. And I pray that you'll continue to be growing in your faith and your relationship with Christ. There may be others who are listening to this and don't have a personal relationship with the God of the universe, the Lord Jesus Christ, who's the only Savior. The Bible teaches that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible also teaches that the wages of our sin is death, that's spiritual death, that's separation from God, that's eternal punishment because you rejected God's salvation. He went to the cross, he took our place, we deserve to pay for each and every one of our sins because God's a holy God and he can't be in the presence of sin. He suffered and he died, but he rose on the third day. And what a wonderful blessing that is, it means that the sacrifice he made for you and for me has been accepted by God the Father, and now we have life and life more abundantly as we come into relationship with him, as we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ 
and we will be saved. Where's My Miracle by Joni Erickson Tata, or just Miracle. And you can write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo 14231. You can also find our broadcasts on our website at missiongo.org. That's M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O dot O-R-G. We're so thankful for those of you who pray for us each day. That, that allows us to continue to broadcast Canada's National Bible Hour over the airwaves. Thank you so much, and I trust the Lord will bless you throughout this next week.